For any Yankee fans looking for a podcast to listen to, I suggest you check out NYY Sports Talk. Are you listening? Tune into the fellas. There's no BS, there's no drama. Uh, you just feel like you with the fellas talking baseball. Uh. Welcome back. This is episode 260 of the NYYST podcast. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And he's somewhere in the abyss. Maybe he'll join us later. Yankin. Maybe he won't. So, uh, what's up, bro? Nothing, man. We got a we got some new equipment here. Uh, not without uh, the kinks as we didn't want to have, but you know we're working through them. The kinks the kinks have a deadline to be worked out, so we yeah. we have to get them worked. Maybe that's why we need SGR. He knows how to work kinks. Oh yeah, is that true? He's a good kink worker. He knows how to rub a. You know how when hoses get kinks in them, he knows how to rub those. He knows kinks how to out. rub the kink. Okay. Okay. So uh, if you are a patron of the show, thank you very much. If you're not a patron of the show, please go to patreon.com slash NYYST. I swear to God, there will be new content on there sometime in the next 365 days. We promise. But uh, just uh, you can support the show there. So uh, please go there and uh, follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. And, um, you know, it's, you know, you're going to have to buy Christmas presents soon. Why not go to NYY Sports Talk.com slash shop and, uh, you know, get somebody you love or even hate a nice Christmas present from the NYYST fan shop. Okay. Yeah. Like if they're like a Red Sox fan yeah, and you them. hate them, you and can you send them, them some fucking NYYST merch. And you want to, yeah, you could do that. You could do you that. Know? You're not supporting the Yankees. You're supporting the fellas. Right. Because who would want to support the Yankees right now in this current state? I mean, uh, what did they do that made you so mad this past uh, week? Well, we know what they did to SGR. Yeah, I mean, um, the uh, the Yankees had a deadline on, uh, was was it Friday or Thursday? I don't remember. I don't remember my days anymore. I think it was Friday. Uh, there was a deadline to protect your, uh, your players, your prospects on the 40-man roster, uh, and they came with some casualties as Clint Frazier, Tyler Wade, and Ruth Nettledore were all designated for assignment. Uh, Garrett Cole did not win the Cy Young Award, although Yankee Twitter thinks he should have. And I just will get into that later on how I don't understand how anybody thought the guy could win the Cy Young Award. Um, and Derek Jeter had some words for Carlos Correa after Carlos Correa Ooh, had some words for this. Derek Jeter. Ooh. So we'll uh, we'll get into all that. But first up, we have to get into how fucking amazing the recut of Rocky Four was. I think that's what everybody wants us to talk about first. I didn't watch it six times yet. I neither so. did I. I only watched it five. Yeah, within within twelve hours. No, over a course of a weekend. That's pathetic. No, it's not. It's pretty pathetic. What else are you going to do? You going to watch college football? Ask Ryan. He knows how to fill his time. <laughs> um, can, can we... I have questions for you, and, and I know this is kind of both of our weakness here yeah. with, like, the whole, like, DFA shit and Can you op- hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. And, like, options and, like, shit like that, we're not the greatest at, but... How long does a player have before he decides if he's going to accept the assignment? 
it's it's a uh, ten days, I think. Do you think Tyler Wade accepts it? No, I think there's opportunities for him. Hmm. And so if he doesn't accept it, he just becomes a free agent. That is correct. And the Yankees could sign him if they ever wanted to down the road if he doesn't sign anywhere. Just right. some bullshit thing. Okay. Okay. I think uh, Tyler Wade definitely showed uh, he has a place on the major league roster. Oh, for sure. And there's plenty of teams, I think, that could benefit from having Tyler Wade in their, on their bench. I think you can argue the Yankees could have been one of those teams. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that, but I think the Yankees um, think some of their younger guys can fill that role. Uh, not that Tyler Wade's going to cost them any amount of money, but I just think they're trying to reset the clock on that type of position, and uh, Tyler Wade became expendable because, if I'm not cr- mistaken, I think they still had like three or four years of control on the guy. So it's not like he was a guy that was, you know, at the end of his Rope with yeah. the Yankees. Um, I wonder if Spot Track will still tell me what his uh, control was. Probably. And my other question is do you think that the fact that Miguel Andujar's safe, that there's a possibility they give him another chance at third base and they're looking to move Gio? No, what I think is they feel he has more trade value than Clint Frazier does. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, and I think that I think at this point you can definitely make a case for that. But like, what kind of trade value? We're, we're not really talking. So the Yankees would. It's, this is what's really surprising about releasing Tyler Wade is that he still had three more years of control left on Tyler Wade. He earned six hundred thousand dollars last year. So what was he getting in a raise in arbitration? Seven seven hundred fifty, maybe a million. Yeah, but I mean that's really that's really surprising that they would let him go because I think we've we've seen him. Uh, I think we've seen enough of Tyler Wade to know what he is and how valuable he could be coming off the bench and his defensive versatility. Mm. But maybe the Yankees feel a guy like Cabrera brings more. Yeah, because it's not a, it's not about the money at at that point, right? No, and it's not like he was a bench guy making four million dollars, and you're like, okay, well, we can get a guy at you know five fifty to do the same thing. Yeah, it's not like um, it's kind of like what you just said. There, he's replaceable, and he's replaceable with guys that it's not just talent, talent wise that that are comparable, but money wise. I mean, I think the Yankees are just to a point finally. Yeah, a guy like Oswaldo Cabrera, who they protected on the forty man, is a guy that you know would would kind of feel would right. would would fill Tyler Wade's role, but I don't know. I don't want to make a big deal out of Tyler Wade. I just find it very surprising that they do. You know what it really is? What I, what I truly believe it comes down to is the Yankees. And we've been saying this for the last handful of years. I think they're finally to a point now where they're just really just looking to cut the fat and not bring out the same bullshit over and over. Like, it's been the same guys over and over. And, and even though Tyler Wade isn't a, isn't a player that's going to impact a, a lineup one way or the other coming off the bench, it's just the same thing. Like, And the same thing goes with Guardy, who could eventually sign. But it's just like the same things, the same motions they keep going through. And it's like having a guy like Tyler Wade is great, but we know what Tyler Wade is. We know what that is. And maybe it's time if... 
if he can be replaced with a guy who we are confident has the same capabilities, but has maybe a higher ceiling, then why not see what someone else can do at this point? I mean, this is what you have to ask yourself. Are the Yankees going to live to regret releasing Tyler Wade? No. All right. So, but again, are you not, are you, were you not surprised when that, when I texted that, that Tyler Wade was DFA'd? I think I was distracted by Clint Frazier's name a little bit, but I was shocked that Tyler Wade was one of those guys. And that's why I asked you that question right off the bat, because in my mind, I was like, maybe he does accept the assignment. Maybe he does. I don't think he does. Uh, personally, I think I, I personally don't think he does because I think there will be plenty of major, major league opportunities I agree with out you. there for him. I agree with you on that. I just don't know if a team will say, hey, you know, do you want to come in and compete for a starting job up in the middle infield? Because I think we've seen that maybe he can't hit enough to be a starter, but to be a guy that did what he did here, but maybe play a little bit more on a team that it doesn't have championship aspirations. I think, you know, somebody would be looking for yeah, him. Yeah, but here's another question to ask. Is he getting anything more than a minor league contract, really? Yeah, he could. I, I don't. See, I don't think so. I think he's the type of guy who they sign at a minor league contract and then, you know, maybe he makes his way up. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I bet. What would it hurt a team like, let's say, I'm just throwing a, you know, like the Royals out there to give him like a one year, one million dollar deal to for, because you it's, know. it's just you. It's it's arbitrary. You're just throwing money for no reason. I don't know. He fills a role, doesn't it's he? For what? For the Royals. I'm not saying you know, like a for yeah, exactly. I mean, like they're not like rebuilding. I why? Mean, like why? Could, but but here's the better question: because they're they're terrible. But here's so the they, better question: Why wouldn't they just sign him to a minor league contract? They they probably believe they can get away with it. Because do you think all thirty all thirty teams would only be offering Tyler Wade a minor league contract at this point? Yeah, I I, I, I don't know about that. I don't I don't know about that. I think if he's, you know, I don't think he's a priority for anybody. He, it's possible. Well, the, he, the thing is, is he's a he's a four uh, A player. He's not making an impact where you're signing the guy to be a better team. And at that point. Why give him anything more than that? Because I don't know that he's a spring training invitee type of guy. No, he's probably not. But my point is, he's so also he not, would, he's also not a guy would, you're giving a major league contract to and thinking, hey, well, this, I don't, this extra five hundred thousand we're going to give him is worth it because he's going to make our team better or fill the seats. He's kind of pointless. No one's signing Tyler Wade to fill seats. See, I could see him going to a good team and being a bench player and getting a major league deal. I could see him going to a competitive team and doing that. Going to a bullshit team, why would they sign him to anything more than a minor league contract? Because they're bad teams. This is what bad teams do. Mm. They sign guys like Tyler Wade, oh. and they give him a million dollars. Are the Yankees a bad team? Because haven't seen many good signings outside of Cole. All right, so what do you want to complain about? <laughs> Let's. Where do you want to start? You're the showrunner. Obviously. Huh? You're the showrunner. You have something. I've, clearly, you have something on your mind. No, you I just, to... I'm just waiting. I mean, I'm just sitting here waiting, and with each day that passes, I get more skeptical. So your problem is, is that you believe everything that you read. No, no, that's not true. 
Yes, it is. No, it's just to because a point where I'm so anxious. Some stupid, some stupid report. No, from some jabroni. Absolutely that the not. Don't want to spend big on a shortstop. No, absolutely not. I don't believe well, that's that. That's what you did. You went on a fucking rant about it the other day. No, I don't believe it, though. I said if that's true, and I don't believe that. It doesn't make sense. All right, so let's start here. Justin Verlander signed a deal with, before we get to Clint Frazier, because he's probably going to take up a good chunk yeah, of the show here. of course. Uh, let's just quickly get Rufnet Odor out of the way. Who cares? Okay. Yeah. I mean, did I love the guy? Did I like what he brought in the first half of the season? Sure. But the second he stopped getting consistent playing time, he became utterly useless. And... If the Yankees, he has, look, he, he didn't, I mean, he did an admirable job playing third base when LeMayu got hurt. You, you know, he's not a guy that has a ton of versatility. He's pretty much an all or nothing guy, you know, way teetering onto nothing. He's a good clubhouse guy. He's a, he's a good guy to have, you know, there. But I mean, what, what, what role do you, would you have expected him to fill this year? Like, I have much higher aspirations for things than Roof Neto Door. The Yankees are essentially, and they're probably not doing this intentionally, but they're getting rid of their security blankets is what we're seeing. In a sense of they really, so far you got guys like Brett Gardner, who as of right now is not a Yankee, Tyler Wade, um, and now um, Rufnet Odor, who were essentially, if they were on this team next year, are security blankets. If a guy gets hurt, they're... They're, we're comfortable putting these guys into that position instead of throwing guys in that we aren't sure of and maybe looking long term at truly replacing anyone who does get hurt or you know isn't performing. And I like that. I like the start. I, I don't want to see Tyler Wade anymore. Not that he wasn't good at his position, but the Yankees get too comfortable with some of these guys that are just yeah. But they still need those types of guys on a team. You can't avoid injuries. Sure, but no you said it yourself. They're they're replaceable. There's plenty of guys that we can see come up that to do the same thing. It's the fact that when Tyler Wade fills a position, the Yankees get comfortable to a point where they're like, okay, I mean, Tyler Wade's been on this team for X amount of years. We're comfortable with him. We, we know we can rely on him. So let's just throw him out there and be an automatic out for the next three weeks. And I don't think the Yankees want to do that anymore. I mean, fine. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I just found it stunning because mainly because of the years of control left. Because on him. because let's talk about what Roof Nador brought to this team. He had some really big clutch at bats, um, and and just the energy in itself. He was a huge clubhouse guy. What would have honestly, if the Yankees wanted to sign him, why couldn't they? I think it's just a matter of they're just they finally might have their priorities set. And, and yeah, he's the type of guy where you he would I can't imagine him getting much more than like an invitation to spring training to right. try to make a team. And so, I mean, why I said I was getting more skeptical with each day is like things like the Matt Olson stuff was sounded like it it, it could happen because you, who do you believe? You believe fucking tenth graders on on social media? No, it what? just it, it you know you get to that point and then it's like nothing happens and it just seems they, like all right because there was an arbitrary deadline put on the Matt Olson deal by Yankee Twitter because the Yankees had this Friday deadline and I didn't have that deadline in pro- my head at all well that's because that's why there was so much consternation about it because they were like oh the Yankees are, if they don't get Matt Olson by this day then blah 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 but 
The A's are in no rush to do anything. They have the biggest prize in all the whole trade market. Why are they going to rush to help the Yankees? Why are they going to rush to help anybody? They know they got to move the guy, but they're not going to go out there and take Brian Cashman's leftovers. I mean, Thanksgiving's coming up. It's like, here, I got some stuffing and some cranberry sauce that I didn't eat. Here, take them for fucking Matt Olson. Now, they're not going to do that. They, you know, they want fresh managot. They want, you know, they want fresh fucking turkey full stuff. You know, they don't want this bullshit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually a little more confident in Brian Cashman right now because we've seen him do two things now that he was very reluctant to do over the last, you know, few years and kind of swallow his pride. And he already admitted they're looking into a center fielder, which ultimately is, you know, a resignation from the, uh, you know, backing of uh, Tyler uh, Aaron, Hicks, Aaron Hicks, who he was in love with the last five years. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. And though. then he and then he just fucking DFA's Clint Frazier, which I don't know if that was good or bad for for <laughs> our outlook on Cashman because what the fuck are you doing? But we'll again we'll get into that later. And it's kind of like okay, Cashman's kind of realizing that. He can't keep going back to the same thing. And so I think that Cashman is going to be willing to give up more than he normally would be okay with if Matt Olson is truly available. And I also think the Yankees think they have Anthony Rizzo in their back pocket if they really wanted to go that yeah, route. And my thing is, like, for how long? Like, how long is a guy like Anthony Rizzo going to be in their back pocket for? I think anybody that's really in the market for a first baseman is going to wait to see what happens with Matt Olson before. And how do you feel if you're Rizzo? Like, yeah, dude. I mean, I played pretty well for you, and I'm telling you, I love playing here. But yeah, I'll I'll, I'll sit back and wait to see if you can make a deal for. Uh, you know, it's aren't uh, you like fuck you? I'm going to take anything that's given to me at this point, like, or I'm going to listen to anything that's given to me and possibly. I'm make sure a he's decision? not sitting around waiting for the Yankees' offer, but I don't, also don't think he's gotten many offers because. You know, you do have this Matt Olson thing hanging over a lot of people's heads. And I think, although we think that Freddie Freeman's an automatic to go back to Atlanta, I'm sure that there's teams out there thinking they could probably, they, they want to at least try to pry the guy away. I'm just shocked that, that so Chicago. Wouldn't, as much as we loved Rizzo, wouldn't you say that Olson and Freeman are better? Oh, yeah. And they're going to be the guys that set the market. But I'm kind of more shocked with Rizzo because I thought the Cubs were going were gonna to call him right up and get him back. Or at least attempt yeah, I, to. I don't know what the Cub. Honestly, I'm not in. But they just, you know, they dumped all their veteran guys. I know a lot of them were uh, in the walk years, like Brian and Baez. But uh, you know, what's their what's their um, what's yeah, their that's outlook true. for next year? That's you know, true. they might not be looking. They might be looking to get younger and, and and not bring these guys back. You know, I think Rizzo ends up on the Cubs for like his final year in major leagues, just to end his career there. <sighs> But, you know, this is why, you know, people just got to relax a little bit and not react to everything that they read, not react to everything that they hear, whether fabricated or not, Uh, because, you know, we, you know, we were under the impression that the Yankees were going to go out there and spend, and obviously they haven't done anything yet, nor outside of really Verlander, what has really happened, you know, what, what big signing, I mean, you know, uh, Berrios got a, Got a big extension from Toronto, but that was a steal. I think the AAV is like eighteen million dollars on him, which was which is ridiculous for a pitcher of his caliber. Um, well, he didn't have the greatest year. Yeah, he did. 
Did he? I mean, he was really good for them. He got better with uh, when he went over there. ZRA was in the threes. Well, it's not like he was he's some. I mean, when you compare him to Andrew Heaney, got eight million dollars. Well, you have a um, you have a free agent class right now that's kind of rare. We don't see it often where there's a lot of guys out there at different positions that are going to be the guys that set the market. I mean, he had, he had a three five last year. It's not. I mean. For that, that's like a number two type guy to get eighteen million. That's that's pretty on the that's on the low side. You know? Yeah, I mean Noah Syndergaard got fucking twenty one million dollars from the Angels. Yeah, and like the big names like Rizzo, Freeman, all the shortstops, like they're not just gonna you know Scherzer still ha- still out there. He hasn't signed with anybody. You know if you're Carl if you're Seager, you're not you're not even listening to anything yet until maybe Correa gets gets signed or vice versa. You know, yeah, you know. I think these guys have that. The fuck was that? I think these guys have that Lindor contract in their head, and I don't think either one of them yeah, are going to come well. close to it. Because, um, no, congratulations to the Mets for finally getting a general manager. So. Yeah, finally, someone, someone uh, wanted. All you had to do for that position was just say yes to the interview, and I think you were going to get hired. No one would even take a fucking interview. So. Um, Yes, you know, people are free, you know, people read things and uh, they're like, oh, the Yankees aren't going to sign anybody. They're, you know, how it's going to be cheap. But then, you know, John Heyman tweets that the Yankees did offer Justin Verlander $25 million to pitch for them next year. Which is crazy. Which which also would, should, if you believe Heyman, I know a lot of people think he's full of shit too. So, I mean, you know, who do you want to believe? Who do you not want to believe anymore? Uh, If that report is true, then... It's gonna. It shows you the Yankees are in it to spend money this year. You're not gonna offer a guy that hasn't pitched in two years twenty five million dollars if you're not looking to to write some big checks this year. But ultimately, he signed. He went back to Houston. They gave him uh, one year twenty five million for this year, and he has an opt out with uh, for in between the second year, uh, in between the first and second year. And if he doesn't take it, then he'll make another twenty five million dollars. In 2023, so essentially, he's gonna he's got a two year, fifty million dollar deal with the Houston Astros. The way Heyman worded his tweet, it sounded like the Yankees didn't want to go to the second year. Yeah, and you know, I know to me, it. What do we always talk about? You can't really, you cannot continue to go down this road with these guys. You can't like. Would I have wanted Justin Verlander on the team? Yeah. If Justin Verlander was going to be Justin Verlander, but again, was Corey Kluber Corey Kluber? No, and we missed four months or whatever it was, and you know, it was part of the reason why the Yankees really didn't get that second. You know, they they had to struggle yeah. to get that second wild card because there was another hole in the rotation going down the stretch. Even when he came back, he was never that good. Well, here's what I'll say, and I think this is the silver lining when it comes to those reports. And by the way, I think Simonetti had had it first and uh Heyman came in after and, and got all the credit for all that shit because that's what John Heyman does. But when that was, when I first read that in my mind, it's like, okay, this is kind of a fuck money move. Like Cashman's just like, fuck it. Uh, I'll take him. And it, and to me, the silver lining in that is he knows what's out there and he knows what kind of money he's, he has to spend. If 25 million on a, on a question mark was kind of nothing for them then it proves to me that it wasn't that 25 million wasn't going to 
deter him from going out and spending big on on guys they actually need. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe Cashman's just looking to go balls out and say, fuck it, we'll get Verlander, but he's not stopping me or preventing me from getting anyone else that I need to get. Yeah, I, you know what, dude? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna react to this in a negative way uh, because we've seen how many times the Yankees have gone down this road and it hasn't worked to give a guy 25 million dollars that hasn't pitched in two years. Yeah, but why was he just, doing that last year? Because he had to stay under a certain budget. So to me, he knows that he's got other guys he better fucking. Do you sign. feel the Yank? Do you feel the Yankees have question marks in their starting rotation? Um. So many. So do you think signing Justin, if the Yankees had signed Justin Verlander, would he have erased any of those question marks? It's not that he would have erased the question marks. It's that he would have been a, another guy that could have made the rotation better. See, at this point, there's really not many pitchers out there that could make this rotation better other than Robbie Ray. Here's my point, though. I'm not mad about it. No, no. I'm not mad that they didn't get him. I am actually, like I'm saying, I'm I'm optimistic looking at the fact that they even offered him a deal because it's $25 million where it's kind of like Cashman's just like, fuck it, I'm going to offer it to him. I think this might get it done. And if it does, I'm, st- I'm still going to fucking go out there and spend on the guys I need to spend on. If the Yankees have this fuck money, as you put it, right, that's that's fine and everything, but still at People the end of the day. People call it fuck like- you money. I call it fuck money. At the end of the day, they still need to put resources behind guys that are going to improve the team, right? And if Justin Verlander is Justin Verlander, then obviously $25 million is completely worth it. But we don't know. The guy's going to be 38 right. coming off the Tommy John surgery. Right, but people... It's not, a short, it's not a short thing. Right, but these other guys that we need to shore up and you know that we'd use to shore up everything... They're waiting for the market to kind of settle itself, and and they're waiting for an outlook to see what their true value should be. Yeah, that's why I'm saying this was a move that was just okay. Even if I sign him or if I don't, it's not going to change the plan of who I need to truly get. Verlander wasn't. What I'm trying to say is Verlander wasn't going to be um, an alternative because he wasn't passing on anyone else at this point. He was just trying to see if he could snag them before other teams offered more. So to me, Verlander was just an addition instead of uh, an alternative. Okay. I, I, you might be missing what I'm trying to say here though. No, no, no. But I, I'm just saying on my point, I understand your point too, is that it's not the end of the world that it didn't happen because truthfully, he's not the move that's going to make this a world series caliber team. If Justin Verlander had pitched these last two seasons and been Justin Verlander and the Yankees didn't get him, then yeah, I'd be upset about it because he's a he's a legitimate ace when he's sure. healthy. But we but again, did we did we not just go down this road exactly. last year with two guys and didn't the things that we were worried about with both of them creep up? Yes. And but are you understanding what I'm saying? Kluber and Kluber was a fallback option. Right, because he needed to he needed to make the gamble because of the money. Verlander wasn't a fallback option. If if the Yankees are going to go out and get a guy like Robbie Ray, they were going to do it regardless of getting Verlander or not. In my opinion, I don't know about that. I I if that's not true, 
then I'm very I'm very grateful they didn't get Verlander. Because how many start? I mean, we, we all obviously you can never have starting not starting pitching, but you have Cole Verlander, Severino, Tyone Montgomery. Uh, I'm missing somebody, aren't I? Well, you had Nestor Cortez. Nestor Cortez is there, but I'm miss I'm missing somebody too. You're missing Herman. No, I'm not missing Herman. Nobody cares. Kluber, Jameson, Tyone, Severino. Who was on the Who's in the rotation last year? Haney. No. no, I think you got them all. The rotate. So you would have had Cole, mm-hmm. Kluber, uh, Cole, Severino, Tyone, Verlander, Montgomery. You still have Cortez here. I feel like I'm missing somebody. I have to look at the roster. I feel like I'm missing somebody. I feel like you are too. I feel like you are too. But, but like, what do we know about Tyone? What can we what can we say? Uh, what do we know about him. We wouldn't. We probably won't see him till May at the earliest. Right. So, and, and when he comes back, is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be effective? We don't know. I mean, so that's a question mark right there. I mean, they also had. You know, what did the Yankees think of a guy like Luis Heal? He's is he still around? Uh, are we ever going to get anything out of? Um, Davey Garcia, you got Michael King, who I think they should leave in the bullpen, bullpen. but you you know, I mean, we always say the smarter Yankees. It's definitely Yankees on that one. Yeah, no, we're not missing anybody. Yeah, so I think what I you're thinking of, if they go out and get another guy who's more of a sure thing, then we're looking at an excess of starting pitchers. Yeah, I just don't think they would have... I, I don't even... I. I don't even know if Ray's in there. I'm sure they're thinking they're doing their due diligence on it, but I just, I think that um, had they signed Verlander, Ray was probably, that was it for them. Well, maybe they're not, but maybe they're just not prioritizing the rotation anyway. I mean, they have to. I mean, how stupid could they be? Well, yeah, they have to, but I mean, if we said it a few weeks ago via text, if Sevy comes, if Sevy stays healthy finally, and he gives a full a full year of what he's capable of, and you have Cole at the top and reliable guys like Montgomery and uh, you know Tyone comes back, whatever, you, you don't have a bad rotation. I mean, the pitching wasn't the Yankees, you know, weakness this year, this past season. I think I think right now the priorities at shortstop and first base. And then, uh, you know, a 1A priority is center field. And then from there, the Yankees can start really looking into other things. Verlander would have been a nice addition to a one-year deal in a position that the Yankees don't have at the top of their list of priorities right now. Well, that's part of the reason why last time we we recorded a show here is that I said the Yankees should sign Rizzo and not trade for Olsen because I think they should keep their chips to go and get whatever available starting pitching is out there. What is what available starting pitching is out there I don't, that that's, we've heard that's of? Brian, that's fucking Brian Cashman's job to figure this shit out. It's not my job. I like I like the move with Olsen if we're going to give up some big names. I think there's Are enough. Are you going to be able can you convince Max Scherzer to come here? If then cuz if you can then fuck it, then go trade for Matt Olsen. I think that has to be the move. I do. 
I mean, if you're going to throw fuck money around to Justin Verlander, why are you not throwing that shit around to Max Scherzer, who we know, who we've seen pitch? Here's why Scherzer, if you can convince him to play here, which fuck you if that's a difficult task. Like, fuck Scherzer if, if it's truly that difficult to convince him to put pinstripes on. Jesus Christ, the guy wanted to go play in Washington, right. D.C. He doesn't want to come play for the Yankees. Right, so it shouldn't be difficult. If it is, fuck, fuck Scherzer. But Scherzer is going to be the guy over Robbie Ray, in my opinion, because he's a little bit older. It's a short-term it's deal. It's a short-term deal. And Robbie Ray coming off this year, man, he's going to be looking for something massive. He's going to be looking for something that locks up his career. You're going to have to give him six figures easy. Uh, I'm sorry. Not not six. I know what you're saying. You got Ajita. I got Ajita. You're going to have to give him nine figures easy. He's going to be, you know, he's going to be looking uh, 25-ish for seven. That's not going to be the problem, though. The problem with Robbie Ray, right, is going to be the seven. Whereas Scherzer, maybe you can sign to what three to four. Why not two? Give him two. For, put you if you put two for sixty in front of this fucking guy, and he says like, "Nah, fuck him." Then, yeah, I agree. But who? I mean, I know Trevor Bauer is a piece of garbage, but like, why wouldn't you even put the type of deal that Trevor Bauer got in front of Max Scherzer and say, "Come play for the Yankees"? You want to know why? Because there's nothing stopping the Dodgers from doing that. Okay, then in let a, the Dodgers do sense. it. Let the Dodgers do it then. I agree. And listen, I'm not disagreeing with you. And then let him make the decision of where he wants to go. But the Yankees should do that, right? What did what what was the deal? It was like three for a hundred or some shit like that. And the first two years were eighty million dollars for for Bauer, some some crazy shit like that. What if, what would you rather see the Yankees do for Scherzer? Three for ninety or two for seventy? I, I would rather them, you know, if you have to go to third year, I would say fuck it. And well, that's it, what I'm rather, saying. That's what I'm saying. Would, he's probably going to want a third year. Why not? Would you be mad if he said, no, I'll give you two, but I'll up your fucking annual value to fucking 35 instead of 30. No, I would rather the Yankees sign him to a two year deal with a higher annual value. That's what I would want yeah. him to do. And I think sure. Why wouldn't Scherzer want that? I mean, he's got to be questioning what he's going to be like in three years from now. You take a two-year deal, you're you're little, you're still a year younger when you can maybe get another two-year deal, a decent two-year deal out of someone. Who is this guy? He's a year younger than me, so he's going to be he's going to uh, he's going to turn 30, uh, 38 in the season. So thirty-eight. But the thing so with Scherzer you is, his, you sign him into his fortieth. You know, you sign him into his age forty year, uh, forty season. The thing that's with Scherzer, risk. he that's just, a risk. Scherzer hasn't let up at all. You know, he got off to a rough start this past year, and you thought maybe we we're finally seeing him, you know, become human. But man, he just hasn't fallen. Yeah, I think off. he gave up like you think he gave up like uh, five home runs in one game or something crazy like yeah. that, and then. He was he was a little banged up uh, for the Dodgers in that playoff run, though. Yeah, Dude, but he was fucking still out too, there. Too, I mean, look at it. What did he do this year? How many innings did he pitch? Total innings. He threw 179 innings, which is on the low side for him. But still, you give me a guy that throws 180, 180 innings. I mean, outside of Cole, who can you say on the Yankees is going to give you that many innings? No, I mean, if threw, again, if you can convince him to play here which is a crazy statement in itself. He should be a New York Yankee. He's he your guy. Two, 
He threw to two four six last year. They say what is it, about a half a run going to the American League with the DH. So even if he throws to like a three two, it's worth it. It's it's sure. totally worth it. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing that, you know, maybe Brian Cashman knows that this guy has no interest here and the Yankees aren't even engaging. But, I mean, CeCe Sabathia apparently had no interest in coming here. And, you know, the guy. Hey, money talks, for, dude. You know, guy was here almost a decade. So, I mean. Money talks. That's the conversation the Yankees need to be having. And if he doesn't want to come here, he doesn't want to come here. You know, there's nothing you can do. But the, that's the conversation they need to have. I mean, I would rather go short-term with Max Scherzer than go long-term with Robbie Ray. And I said this. 100%. And I said this. I w- you know, if the Yankees are going to throw that type of money around at uh, Verlander, they should be talking to Robbie Ray. Because even though I don't think, you know, Robbie Ray won the Cy Young Award, even though I don't think he's going to be that type of pitcher. Mm-mm. I agree I with can- you. I, I still think that he's a kind of a short thing in knowing that he could be relied on to. Exactly. If I'm the Yankees, and at least as a fan looking on, if they make that move for Robbie Wright, I'm not jumping for joy like we just picked up one of the best pitchers in baseball that everyone's going to want the next handful of years. I'm thinking this is a guy who had a fluke season, not a fluke season in a sense of he's not good, but I just don't think he's a Cy Young caliber guy who's in the conversation every year. I think he had a career year, and that was his ceiling. I truly believe that. And the Yankees are going to get out of him nothing more than a good, reliable pitcher, which is great. They they need that. But a guy like Scherzer, to a shorter deal, getting a little older, is still going to be reliable for you. And he's the type of guy who can help you in a World Series in a sense of he's got the real dominant shit that he's proven to have for a long time in his entire career, whereas Robbie Ray, is, to me, this was the ceiling, and it's just downhill from here. Yeah, I know last time we recorded, I said I was I would be worried about Robbie Ray, and I compared it to to Burnett, and you said, and you guys were like, well, you know, Burnett delivered a World Series in his first year, and then even if he was a disaster after that, he still gave you the World Series. Right. And I think if the Yankee, it, the Yankees are showing you that they have that type of money, which is what they had in 2009, where they they signed AJ Burnett, then go and get go and get Robbie Ray, and hope that again, there's that word hope that he doesn't have to be the guy behind uh, Garrett Cole, that Luis Severino is the guy behind Garrett Cole. And if Robbie Ray's your number three, that's a pretty strong top yeah. three right there. Well, here's my here's why I'm skeptical about Robbie Ray. And it's pretty simple. Think about a couple of years ago at the trade deadline when the Yankees didn't get Robbie Ray, right? And think about the conversation of the guys who they wanted for Robbie Ray. Were you disappointed at all that Cashman didn't get Robbie Ray? No, not then. Why? In part, part of because I did, because Robbie Ray didn't profile this high. In part, because I still thought highly of Clint Frazier. Don't you think Robbie Ray was was established enough at that point to to profile as as an elite pitcher? No, not elite. No. No, no. I'm saying if he was going to be an elite Cy Young award winning pitcher, don't you think he was established enough at that point where we would have been disappointed? And there were some fans that were very disappointed. But like to to us at that time, it was nothing. It was like, who cares? It's fucking Robbie Ray. Now he's had one year of a career year Cy Young. To me, I just don't trust it. I don't trust that he's the guy 
at least when you have Scherzer out there. Right. That would be my number one pick. But if they, I also think they should, uh, that's something they should be looking yeah, look, into as well. And I'm not trying to say that I would be disappointed with Robbie Ray. I think he would be a phenomenal fit for what the Yankees need. But I'm not sitting here saying he needs to be the guy and we need him long term because he's a fucking ace. I, I just don't feel that about him. I just no. don't. No, I don't feel it either. But like you, but mainly my my thought process on Robbie Ray's changed because if they were willing to throw that money at Verlander, then they then I think that money should not be an issue to this team and go get. He's not the best free agent starting pitcher. Max Scherzer still is, but still go get that guy, that that type yeah. of guy out there. Yep, I agree. This isn't like when you knew they they weren't going to certain numbers and they they exactly they were you know they were signing guys like Hap over Patrick. Well, Corbin, that's which are, that goes back to my fuck money <clears throat> comment because I was saying if they're willing to throw that much at Verlander, what are they willing to throw at a guy who can truly remove a question mark on this team? Well, it remains to be seen. You know, different reports say different things. The Yankees are all in, but then. Uh, it, there's a certain number because of the long-term deals the Yankees have and will need to sign that they don't want to go to a certain, like two to 300 threshold with a guy. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, Lindor kind of fucked everything up and the Mets bid, bid it because yeah. they knew they had to, they had to uh, resign this guy after they traded for him. But as we mentioned uh clint frazier was also dfa'd as part of the uh roster purge on uh friday um and i tweeted this and uh i'm gonna stick by it uh this has to go down as one of the biggest failures of brian cashman's mm-hmm. tenure as yankee general manager 100 percent. and you cannot keep coming back at me the tweet is taken off it's gotten close to 1600 likes lots of comments retweets blah 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 you can't keep coming back at me well he got hurt and his he had a negative war and blah 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 you have to look at the and you can't just cherry pick that he did well in 2020 they gave him the starting job and he was one of the worst players in baseball when he had the starting job in 2021 great that's fine it's a small sample size it's not the entire story of clint frazier's tenure with the New York Yankees. It goes to such a bigger point that this has to be a black mark on Brian Cashman's, uh, you know, on his resume here that what did the Andrew Miller trade really signify? It signified that the Yankees were going in a different direction that we hadn't seen in, in forever. They were looking to rebuild this team. This wasn't going to be, let's just keep doing the same thing, throw money at prop. No, we were going in a different direction. We're going to rebuild. We're going to get younger. And that was the, that was what the Clint Frazier, um, Andrew Miller trade signified. And Clint Frazier was the centerpiece of that deal. There was a time when he was more highly regarded than Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge, fuck you if you don't agree with me, is a top 10 player in this fucking sport. And Clint Frazier is designated for assignment. So tell me again, I'll make this point later on after I get through this, but again, tell me what prospects really mean, right? Okay. So then we've seen it in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021. How many times, no matter how well, and fuck you and your stupid numbers, okay? I don't care that he had a negative 
defensive run saved or zone differential or whatever the fuck it is, is war. I don't care. I played, I played baseball with my eyes, obviously with other parts of my body. And I watched the game with my eyes and I know what my eyes tell me and tell me different things than your stupid computer does, which is why all you little fucking cucks still have to disrespect Derek Jeter because you only play baseball on a fucking calculator. Okay. Enough of you guys. I'm tired of that argument too. Right. There were times when Clint Frazier was red hot, gets sent down to Scranton. Clint Frazier's helping a team win. I, then he doesn't play for four games. Mm-hmm. The guy, and yes, the concussions and the injuries all played a part into this. But the Yankees never really fully gave him a ride, a run, an extended run here. And you want to say they did in 2021 and he was terrible? Fine. But what happened in 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020, he got decent playing time and was all right. So you're talking about 17, 18, 19, 20. The guy had parts of five major league seasons with the Yankees. So this isn't like a one-and-done type of deal. So the Yankees never committed to him as being anything more than the guy they were going to show back and forth from Scranton. And if you don't think that has an effect on a guy, a guy with apparently a fragile ego, a guy with... A guy that might that had high aspirations, you know, and uh, the legendary bat speed. That was Brian Cashman, not us. We didn't say that. That was what Brian Cashman said. And so, then, and then on top of it, sorry, no, on it's okay, top of it, this is a guy that everybody and their mother asked for when the Yankees wanted to make a trade, and Brian Cashman didn't want to trade him, not for Garrett Cole, not for Robbie Rafe, not for anybody. The white whale, Garrett Cole, right? Guy, give the guy three hundred million dollars. Could have been here four years ago if Brian Cashman wanted to let go of Clint Frazier, but he didn't. For what reason? It became increasingly obvious as the years went on, the Yankees never had any real long-term plans for Clint Frazier. And now, unfortunately for Clint, he's got the the concussion problems or the dizzy, whatever it is that's wrong with him. We never really found out. You know, I wish him well in that regard that he gets healthy and can continue a major league career somewhere. But... If you look at what this guy signified and how it ended and everything in between, this is a major failure for Brian Cashman that you could have even got even 2019 Robbie Ray, which would have been a fourth starter and would have been somebody that you could have used in a playoff run that you said no to because of Clint Frazier. And now he walks out the door for absolutely nothing. Tell me how this is anything but a failure. I'm agreeing with you, but the first thing I do when something like this happens is I try and make sense of it, all right? That's like my first thing, and, and there's only one scenario that makes sense to me, and I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying it's anywhere near the truth. It's just the only scenario that makes sense. Can you come up with it in, in like of what I'm trying to think that would be the only thing that makes sense? No, I don't. You kind of just touched on it a little. Why they let him go? Yeah. Because he's, he has no value anymore to them or anybody else. See, to me, at that point, there has to be a reason why you're so confident in that. Because he, I think, look, if you're selling, it make look, at this point, yes, it makes 100% sense why they let him go. He has no trade value. He has no value to the club. He, he probably, he may never play baseball again. That's, That's it, the way right I, there. That's it right there. And that's there. the way Aaron Boone kind of alluded to that when he went down earlier in the year. But, Chris, 
again, that's that has nothing to do with everything that happened in between and how this is a major failure for him. Because even if this happens to Clint Frazier, but it happens in Pittsburgh because we traded him for Garrett Cole, or it happens to him in in Arizona because we traded for Robbie Ray, Brian Cashman cut bait. But you have to go back to context in why he wasn't giving him up at that time. They still had they still had high hopes did, for him. But did they though? When did they ever show you that they had they had that 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 hope for him to be a starting player? Well, probably this past year. So so then you have to tell yourself, then you have to say to yourself, okay, he failed at the at the opportunity. So the Yankees had to get to a point where they were like, okay, he's he's useless to us. Can we get something for him? Because even even a fucking bag of balls is better than uh, just letting the guy go. And it's like, maybe the Yankees know that this kid's never going to play Major League Baseball again. At maybe, this point, yes. But what about every... This is what I keep, was arguing with people yesterday. What about everything in between? No, you're that's right. Is, that's where you're right. And I, that's where I agree. It's like... Okay, maybe they had high hopes for him, but where were the hopes? Where were they? Why why didn't we see them? Because to us and to anyone with half a brain watching how the Yankees handled him, it seemed as if they they saw him as a a piece of dog shit that gets stuck under your shoe. That's And yeah, a lot of look, honestly, if you want to put blame on Frazier, he acted immaturely. Through a lot of this. Well, of course you can blame him because not only did he act immaturely, but he didn't really perform. And I get that, but it's the general manager's job to know what you have in an asset. And to when you're passing up on, on guys who, you know, other GMs are calling and the first name is Clint Frazier, Clint Frazier better be something better than a guy who you're going to give, you know, 20 at-bats to before you fucking bench him again. And then eventually let go for whatever reason. He's got to be more than that. And we never saw that. We right. never that saw the whole- Yankees. We never saw the Yankees treat him the way they treated other GMs wanting to get him. That was That is my biggest point. The Yankees never played him the way they valued him in the trade market. That's exactly why this is a huge failure. Because it was this whole big hype. And it was this whole, you know, behind closed doors and, and on the phone with other GMs, this is the most valuable piece we have. But it never hurt. It never translated. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it wasn't just Clint's performance. I mean, if you truly value a player like that, you're not just giving up on him easily. And it seemed like the Yankees had a very short leash with him all the time. Look. And again, if he had just been a throw in somewhere, you know, you know, the Yankees made a trade and they got a guy and Clint Frazier was attached. You don't even think it. But to me, you have to also take into context of how he got here. This He was supposed to be one of the founding pieces, you know, a building block of this rebuild, of this, of the baby bombers of the resurgence of the Yankees. Well, you really want to, if you really want to be sick to your stomach, you go back to the, I mean, like you said, waking up and seeing that Andrew Miller was traded was the first inkling of the Yankees are doing something we've never seen him do in our lifetime. And who did they get for him? 
Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield, correct? Yeah, I mean, those were the two big pieces. Ben Heller was in that deal and uh, J.P. Fireisen, who, believe it or not, is, turned out to be the best of anybody. I think he turned himself into a pretty solid reliever. Are any of them in the Yankee organization anywhere? Uh, zero. Of so them what kind Yankees. of a rebuild are we talking about? A pretty terrible one. A pretty terrible one. Uh, what about um when we rebuilt and then got Chapman back? Um, how's how's he? Has he Who been Chapman? A, has he been a really reliable guy? I mean, Chapman's Chapman. Okay. So. Uh, who else? What was it? another big piece? Glaber Torres. Well, are we like? Yeah. Are we so happy that he's here and and have no questions about him? He's a superstar. I mean, now that's another that's another one. <laughs> so, I mean, what kind of a rebuild are we talking about here? I mean, no, it was just, it was a pretty uh, shit job. So, Cashman really forget about just his job at this point. And I've said this from day one. 2016 was the start of Brian Cashman's true legacy he'll leave behind. Because the other years were different. And it was truly Brian Cashman's team to construct after 2016. And as of right now, he's been an utter failure in putting together a World Series caliber team and building a minor league system with guys who come to fruition we haven't seen it and so the window that's closing on the Yankees opportunity to win a World Series over the next few years is closing on Brian Cashman's legacy in in total because we're not going to look back and talk about the 90s dynasty when it comes to Brian Cashman we're going to talk about how much of a failure he was after 2016 yeah, I mean, this is why this is a big year for him. Uh, he got to keep his manager. He got to keep his job. Uh, and he's, I mean, he's got he's to put a champion on the field this year. He has to. I mean, I really hope he's not on a lifetime contract. But if he comes back after this year and they don't win, I mean, do you have any hope that the guy will will ever not be the Yankees general manager no. until he doesn't want to be? No, I don't have hoping that that's why that's what I've pretty much been saying. I mean, Cashman Cashman goes bye-bye when Cashman wants to go bye-bye. And so I'm just hoping he makes the right moves here finally. And we don't have to talk about it anymore. That's right. You just, if the Yankees win this year, then fuck it. Hey, great job. Great job. It would have been, it would have been a year too late in my book, but fuck it. I'll fuck it. it. I'll take it. I'll take anything at this point. I'll, I'll take them not having to wait to the last fucking minute to clinch the second wild card. I mean, that would be a major improvement. Speaking of speaking of like guys coming to fruition, didn't you have a graphic you wanted to discuss? With, yeah, I mean, we can get guys, into this. Uh, it's probably a good time, right? We can segue into that because I think it, it pertains a lot to what we're talking about. Yeah, so Max Goodman of Sports Illustrated, who covers the Yankees, posted this. Um, the other night, and I I actually stole it from because I'm a, that's what I do. Uh, this was the Yankees' top twelve prospect rankings according to uh, Baseball America or Baseball Reference, one of the two. Um, prior to the 2017 season, we'll start at number twelve, and you can just react to each one as I read them. At number twelve was Tyler Wade. Bye bye. Uh, number eleven is Albert Abreu. Um, is he gone? No, he was no. He they no, still he, have him. Yeah, they still have him. 
Okay, look, is Albert Abreu breaking, uh, you know, is he impacting enough to be a fucking World Series caliber team? No. So here's the thing about Tyler Wade. Remember there was a point in time with Tyler Wade, we always said this, and this was a report about him, would have been a strong number two in a trade package. Yes. And now the Yankees just let him go for nothing. Bye-bye. Because he was basically a bench player. And Clint Frazier Frazier was a guy who could have headlined the deal. Right. We'll we'll get there. At number 11 was Albert Abreu. Uh, He he came over uh, in a trade for Brian McCann, which the Yankees traded because they wanted to make sure Gary Sanchez had no obstacles in his way. That's how that's worked out. Um, Abreu is a Jonathan Weizaka candidate, in my opinion, for 2022. I think we could see... Uh, a big jump for Albert Bray where he can start pitching bigger innings because we've seen the stuff there, but when the stuff's not there, it's pretty ugly. At number 10 is Miguel Andujar. So, uh, has he been injured? Now, is he, he, are we talking third base, Miguel Andujar, or less? That's what he's listed as. So, oh, okay, because he doesn't even play there anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's a tree so bad defensively that they're trying they're inventing they're trying to petition major league baseball for a new uh position mm-hmm. on the field for him to play mm-hmm. but i mean we've seen the rookie year and then he's been hurt and he's been pretty much non-existent since then and number nine is dustin fowler who uh remember his major league debut he exploded his fucking knee in chicago yeah that was good uh and he's really never been the same uh i believe he 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 went in the uh sunny grade deal so at least Cashman had to send, you know, some of these guys, you know, you look at the names on here and, you know, not a lot of them have really made it, but uh, right now Dustin Fowler is in the Miami organization. He had a uh, negative 0.4 war last year. So, I mean, I'm rooting for the kid. It was a gruesome injury. It but was, he's, it was he's, so bad. He's, he was, he's really been bounced around and he's not uh, had anywhere near the success that he should have. Um Number eight is Chance Adams. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> is he even in Major League Baseball right now? Mm, probably not. Uh, he he is on, he is in the Royals organization. He's still on, he's on a 60-day oh, IL. He did not pitch last year in the big leagues. That's the team he used as an example to uh, maybe pick up Tyler Wade. Career 8.42 ERA. That's so. good. Again, that is another guy that he, that Brian Cashman held on to until he had absolutely no value. So, so far, uh, Tyler Wade held on to, to no value. Albert Abreu, they're getting something out of. I don't blame for them now. for not getting For now. For now, but I, I, I'm I not upset that he's still on the team. I no. think he's somebody uh, that they're working towards having a bigger role on. Miguel Andujar is teetering on that no value. Uh, <laughs> yep. Dustin Fowler was traded. Okay, so good job there. Chance Adams, no value. Okay. <laughs> uh, Justice Sheffield um, came in at number seven. Sheffield was the headliner going back in the James Paxton deal, which we I love that deal. I really did. I thought it was a good deal. I'm not going to knock uh, Brian Cashman for that deal. No. And, but here's the thing. Because we're we're not going to knock him for the deal. But at the end of the day, we still have to put it into context of did those deals get this team to where they needed to be? All right. Well, I'll tell you this, Chris. Last year, Justice Sheffield had a 6.83 year array. Okay. 
So, okay. Okay, That's but 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 here's another problem. Why are we giving up uh, Andrew Miller for him? We didn't. We gave up who? For Justice oh. Sheffield. Yeah, I get that. But Why are we giving up Andrew Miller for Clint Frazier? Yeah, I understand that. But in the long, if you want to play the 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 ladder, you want to go, you know, down the rungs of the ladder. Here, they flipped a prospect for a guy that they thought was going to be a number two in the rotation. And had he have been healthy, which again, the fucking red flags on James Paxton. So if you want to get him on anything there, it's the same bullshit again. Well, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get but him. At least they, tr- but we're looking here again, at least they traded him while he had value. But here, yes. Okay. But listen, <clears throat> if that's the bar, that bar is way too low for me to say, that's what's going to make me happy because you want to know what would make me happy when we're talking about top 10 prospects, at least that a good chunk of them, a good, maybe three to four of them actually are what they were expected to be. And not that we're trading them off for pieces that are hurt and did nothing to get this team a world series because ultimately it, it, it's just as bad. No, but I think if you trade some of these guys while they have value and bring useful things back to you, it's not an abject failure. It's not an abject failure. and But what it is more than anything else is a lesson that no prospect. Well, hold prospect. on. Relax yourself. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. All right. Number six is James Caprillion, who went in the sunny, also went in the sunny gray deal. Great Tommy deal. Tommy John guy. Uh, he had... He uh, he threw 119 innings last year, showed uh, flashes of what the Yankees and the A's had hoped for and finished with a 407 ERA. And again, uh, in the moment, I wasn't blaming Brian Cashman. Sonny Gray was a guy that you got excited about. Sonny Gray was a fucking good pitcher. But again, in the moments don't matter when we're looking at the big picture of a team who hasn't won a World Series since, since all of these moves have made, been made. Uh, here we go at the uh, <clears throat> at number five is Jorge Mateo, who <laughs> is currently with the uh, Baltimore Orioles. He had 247 last year. Uh, we've been hearing this guy's name since I believe Derek Jeter was still with the Yankees. He made his major league debut finally in 2020. So this was a nothing thing. The Yankees didn't get shit for him. So that was another that's another right there. Uh, that was a thumbs down. You can't see me. Uh, number four was Aaron Judge. I think we all can agree. There's one. There's well. one. That's worked out pretty well. Uh, at number three, I cannot even find him on baseball reference because he doesn't exist, and that's Blake Rutherford. <laughs> was he one of the killer was- bees? No, he was not. He was an outfielder right, uh, right, 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 right. that was traded to the White Sox for uh, in a package for Robertson, Tommy Canley, and Todd Frazier. Right. Who, in case you didn't know, played for, for the Tom River Little League right. World Series. And they champion. won a championship. Yes, they did. All right. So, again, didn't pan out in Major League Baseball, but a guy that Brian Cashman traded while he had value to bring guys back mm-hmm. that helped them get to the postseason this that year. Mm-hmm. You can't because you cannot say that the Yankees are a definite postseason team if they if they don't make that deal. That no, was a very a great big deal. deal. That was a great deal that they needed to make. All right. So at number two is Clint Frazier, 
Uh, okay. okay. We just went over that one. Okay. And at number one is Glaber Torres, which should have been a fucking slam dunk, but apparently he's decided to not be a good baseball player anymore. So top so, twelve. Chris, let's just talk so about the, let's just talk about hold on. Let's just talk about so when when was this prior list? to the twenty seventeen season. Okay. So when Cashman decided to rebuild, this was his rebuilding. Basically, yes. so were, this was our top, top ten, prospects. top twelve prospects, and at the time, we're probably pretty happy about it. Out of all those guys, how many of them are actually good enough to contribute to a World Series team? As of right now, one, one. Now, out of the other guys who might be, most of them aren't here anymore. Most of them were traded off for pieces that even if it was a good deal at the time, wasn't the right move. So I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Okay. Because I think if you trade a guy while he has value and brings you back something that you need at the time, no matter what he does, I still think it's some, it's, it's not a failure on the, okay. on the general manager's part. Okay. In that sense, if you're isolating it to that, yes, you are correct. But my my bigger point is they didn't give you back what you needed to win a World Series. So the alternative is if they're in your top 10 prospect list, why aren't more of these guys becoming guys that can help you without giving them away? Which goes to the whole point of the original tweet, which I said, it's all the proof the club should need to not let anybody in the farm system get in their way of shining of, of signing a short thing in free agency and i didn't even read that tweet and you cut me off before because you wanted to get to that point at the end i was going to say all this list is is proof that no prospect should stop this team from doing absolutely anything that they feel is going to make it happen because either one of two things are true either prospects just don't pan out and and they're just prospects which means they're just your imagination they're just what you think they could be or, only a third of these, and or, a third of these. maybe it's Andor. The Yankees and just have a really bad, big problem in nurturing their prospects. I anyway, mean, that's also, I mean, that's a very valid point as well. Uh-huh. So why are we going to sit here and talk about guys like Volpe or Peraza when clearly they are nothing? They are just a figment of our imagination at this point as major league players contributing to this team. And making them better. Exactly. Okay. No fan, I don't care who you are, should be counting how Steinbrenner's money and saying, well, why would you give Seeger $280 million when you have Volpe that could be ready in two years because of this list? This was supposed to be the foundation yep. of, of, of another dynasty. And currently you have one guy on this entire list who is a star player in Major League Baseball. You have another guy who was on his way to being a star player and apparently has forgot how to play Major League Baseball. And then outside of that, you have just a third. That's four. A third of these guys are, are still in the Yankees organization. So that means three-fourths of these guys don't even play for the fucking team anymore. And if you want to count, uh, Frazier, uh you know, you got a guy like Chance Adams, Fal. Uh, we said Fal was with somebody, but you have these guys in Rutherford. If some of these guys that are not even in Major League Baseball, period, anymore, yeah. you have guys that 
outside of Caprillion, you don't even you want to say Caprillion and Torres are two guys that you might still have hope for right. to become good baseball players. Fine, I'll give you that. So now you have three out of twelve. Right. And and, and that's a, and that and that's the type of that's the type of uh percentage you want to take and not signing Seeger because though yeah. Anthony Volpe had a monster year in in uh in single A last year. It's not I can't do it. I'm sorry. I don't care who Anthony if Anthony Volpe's the if we find out that the Yankees have to go and sign Angelton Simmons uh because Anthony Volpe got in the way of them getting Matt Olson or they didn't want to sign Seager because of Anthony Volpe. That's a big that's a big problem for me. Yeah. Um cuz here's my thing, right? You don't expect all those guys to be superstars. You don't need them to be. Maybe one or two. Which would have been fine. We don't even have that. We have one. The rest of the guys, maybe you hope for three, four, five of them to just be good baseball players that you can put into this lineup and that you can really, you know, nurture enough to be good contributing baseball players. Like you just said, most of them aren't even fucking playing anymore. So we talk about, you know, all the time in life listening to the right people and trusting the right people. Why are we still trusting what the Yankees tell us about prospects? Why? Why are we trusting? Why are we allowing our imaginations to to create these future superstar prospects that are going to be stars in the major leagues just because we're being told they're huge prospects with a lot of potential? Stop trusting it. Volpe should be no one to you. Nobody. Well, I'm the one that was on the show all last all season saying I would trade Jason Dominguez for Max Scherzer. To um, rent Max Scherzer. Excuse me. If you go back, I'm the one who said that. You uh, fought me. Uh, right. uh, no, I did not. I never fought you on that. I will find it, and I'll have the audio for go next ahead. show. Mm-hmm. I will find it, and I will have the audio for next show. You have two weeks to find I it. I don't care if I have to go through 15 hours mm-hmm. of, of show. You will. I will find it. it multiple times. You you did it. I will find it and I will play it. Okay. And and then we will discuss behind the scenes what I want from you when that happens. You're gonna you're gonna want me to smack you in the mouth for finding you to be a liar. Yeah. Okay. Because I know what I said. Yeah. Okay. Because I told you that prospects don't mean shit to me in a year that we're trying to win the World Series. But then you said, for a rental, for a guy, for a rental. No, Uh. I didn't, bro, because I said if I I wouldn't trade him. This is actually what I said. I said I wouldn't trade him for anybody, but I said if there was one difference maker out there, I would trade him, and I found Max Scherzer to be... To be that guy, to okay, be the maybe. guy that would be worth trading a guy like Jason Dominguez maybe for in a rental situation. Maybe he did. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Did I say I was going to trade Jason Dominguez for like fucking uh, Lance Lynn? No, but for fucking Matt Oh Scherzer. well, Lance Lynn was was almost a Cy Young Award winner, so maybe wow. we should have. I mean, let's. You, know, you want to go there now? So you kept the show. Soon. You kept talking up. Uh, you kept talking about. The Yankees spending money on a shortstop. You only mentioned Seager. Is, I mean, is Correa completely out? Is do we have? Uh, is there too much animosity now? Look, I don't know, dude. You know what? At the end of the day, you know you can't you can't disrespect Derek Jeter. Okay. 
No, but I don't it, Listen. I just Yankees, think it goes to some of the things that the Yankees don't like about him. Yeah. And then he goes out there and says this is about Derek Jeter. See, where he went on he went on some Instagram live thing and he said Derek Jeter didn't deserve any of his five yeah. gold glove awards. Yeah. Which if you if you're looking to get the Yankees to sign you is probably not something probably not. you want to go out there and say. Probably and not, but Derek also Jeter, like Derek Jeter has nothing to do with us right now. And then in typical Derek Jeter fashion, a reporter caught up to him over the weekend and he just said, well, you know, I'm paraphrasing. He says, it's just not worth my time to, to discuss something <laughs> yeah, like this. That sounds about right. But here's the thing. If you really want to look at it and, and we know the patterns of the New York Yankees, right? We know when, when they take the easy, the easy way out. Correa is a huge risk for them because if they're going to sign this guy, despite his attitude, despite the shit he says, about Jeter and really they're going to rile up a good portion of the fan base who doesn't want him here. You better win a world series with him. He better bring you a ring. Well, here's the thing, dude, just get the fuck over 2017 already, please. Yeah, no, but, but people aren't going to. They so, need to. I'm sorry. If yeah, no, I'm not disagreeing not with over, you. You, you got to get over. I'm not disagreeing I mean, with like, you, but it's I mean, still like, a risk to the Yankees. You know, because, my girlfriend cheated on me when I was 19. You know, eventually at some point you got to get the fuck over that shit. You, know, you don't hold it with you when you're 38 years right. old anymore. I'm not disagreeing. I wish the with bitch you. drops dead. Right. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> oh, I do. I don't even know who she is, but I do. Um, <laughs> it's the same thing. Like get over it. Yes, dude. but like, people how long aren't you going to that shit. But people aren't going to. Therefore, he is a risk. If yeah, you're gonna if you're gonna make that move, there's only one way it's gonna be justified to probably thirty to forty percent of this fan base, and it's not gonna be until they're holding up another World Series trophy, celebrating, and he has to be a big part of it. Yeah, yeah, he can't hit two twenty. They signed and- Corey Seager. They're making everyone happy, and there's not a not as much pressure on them to to win. I mean, no, there's still pressure. To justify the move, I mean. Look, at the end of the day, if Carlos Correa, I just think that that's the type of thing, if you believe anything, that the Yankees still have this part of the front office has this feeling towards him that he was a prick and he never was fully contrite in his his role in 2017 and that's why they don't want him here. And then he goes and he says this shit, whether or not Derek Jeter is a Yankee anymore. It's not something that you, you know that there's going to be negative public reaction to bring him in. And then he goes and says this to a guy that 90% of the fan base still adores and still holds in high regard. I mean, the 10% of them were sucking on their mommy's teeth when Derek yeah. Jeter was playing baseball. And I'll, so their opinions don't fucking mean anything. I'll say I mean, this. There are, unless you listen to the show, then we love you. But if you're disrespecting Derek Jeter, maybe, uh, you know, go touch grass once in a while. If it comes out that the Yankees didn't sign Correa, not because of money, but because of his attitude and his... Um, the risk of him being uh, cancer in the clubhouse. That just says nothing more to me than they don't trust the leadership in the clubhouse. Like, if, or maybe they do. If you signed Carlos Correa when Derek Jeter was here, let's just say Correa was a third baseman. Same guy, same talent, but he played third. Same attitude. Are you not signing him if Derek Jeter I mean, is here? not essentially what they did with Alex Rodriguez? Exactly. So if that if it comes out that they didn't sign him because they didn't 
trust that he could gel with the clubhouse or keep his mouth shut or whatever. That just proves to me that leave Aaron Judge if he says I don't want this fucking guy in my clubhouse. Absolutely, a leader doesn't doesn't turn away talent like that. Aaron oh, Judge oh. was very outspoken about the uh, 2017. Chiefs a leader, game. Remember, yeah, he but, got fucking he got robbed of an MVP award and probably tens of millions of yeah, dollars. Because but you know it. what? I do, I don't blame him for being upset. But when you have that kind of a t- talent that can be added to this team, you are confident in your leadership that you're gonna. Look, all I'm going to say is that the Yankees welcome back not one but two fucking wife beaters into their clubhouse. So no matter as long as Carlos Correa doesn't do that, whatever comes out of his mouth is not nearly as bad. So no, of course not. But Carlos Correa can be a fucking more of a clubhouse, you know, obnoxious idiot. So, right, but I think a lot of fans are like, "Oh, is he cheated at baseball?" Well, you got you you sit in the room for a guy to strike somebody out that's, that fucking shot a gun at his wife or uh, or, yeah, or choked the, or, or choked her in front of teammates. Like, it's true. I mean, come on now, like you can't draw like you cannot draw a line at cheating at baseball when you're rooting for guys that abuse their spouses. True. I mean, that's that's a that's a lot of things that people are missing in all this. Like. Yeah, he's a prick. He's a scumbag. He's an asshole, and that's part of the, part of what attracts me to them because I think the Yankees need some of that. They do. They, it's we exactly don't know my him, point. We don't know him to be a really like a bad person. Mm, I just hate his guts, but they do need that. And the only way you can bring that into a clubhouse that you're trying to mold to win a World Series is if you trust your leadership. That goes to the manager being able to control the clubhouse, and that goes to Judge being able to control his team, his players. And if you trust that, if you genuinely trust both, then it doesn't matter what Cray has done or said. He's going to be kept under control and he's going and you're going to utilize him for his talent and his talent only. And you're not worried about any of that. Look, I'll be honest with you. I just don't think that Carlos Cray was ever number one for the Yankees. Which is you ask yourself why he's better than Seager. He's he's been healthier than Seager. I think a lot of things come into account. Uh, I think with one that. of the big think, ones is his attitude, and that shouldn't be. I think his what attitude stops is number one. I think the fact that the Yankees like having and would love having another left-handed bat in that lineup, which Seager is. Well, that's and a whether, different story. And well, Trevor's story, I think, is would be the ultimate Ugh. Yankee move. I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm so down on Trevor's story. I think it's just because even though he's great, Seager and Correa are just on a different level. Yeah, but. And I also think whether or not we agree with it, I think the whole Volpe thing plays into the Yankees' thought process where if we sign, and this is, again, that you hear Seager's a guy that will have to move to third base in a couple of years where you you don't hear that about Correa. So they're like, well, we know we're going to need a third baseman. See, that's different, though. We'll shift Seager over, and then we can bring Volpe up, which is what we want to do anyway. Right. That's different when we're talking about prospects and thinking about their future. You're not just signing some bullshit guy as a stopgap at short. You're signing a guy who you think is going to be great for this team now, and you'll still have room to move him over and bring up the guy that you're hopeful for. And I'm okay with that. I would be less mad about it than if they... I still think that... If Seager's your guy, Seager's your guy, not because he could potentially move in two years. So let me ask you this. He's your your guy. If Matt Olsen's the guy they want, but they're saying no because of Volpe, do you agree with that? 
if they're not getting Matt Olson because they won't trade Anthony Volpe? Yes. That's bullshit. Okay. Then we're on the same page. They can't. I mean, Anthony Volpe should should not be cost them any player that they want in this offseason for any reason. Agree 100%. All right. So, uh, as we alluded to, and we'll wrap up the show on this here, uh, the uh, the Cy Young Award was announced uh, over the during the week. Robbie Ray won. Uh, he got all but one first place vote. Garrett Cole got the other one. And before we get to that, Aaron Judge finished fourth in the MVP voting, which to me means he actually won the fucking thing. Because if you finish fourth without even being a finalist, that's pretty fucking good. So congratulations, yeah. Aaron Judge, on his second MVP award. Okay. <laughs> Number okay, back to Garrett Cole, right? Put again, this is what my problem is with analytics. You you kid you people, whoever you are, kids, adults, whoever's into this shit, you put you bust out your charts of all these things that Garrett Cole did that was better than Robbie Ray, and he oh Garrett Cole got robbed. Did you watch the guy fucking pitch this year? Did you watch Garrett Cole pitch this year? There's got to be did he balance. Look like the fucking, did you look like did he look like a guy that deserved to win a fucking Cy Young Award? No. There's got to be a balance between statistics and actually Cole, watching. Who loves Garrett Cole more than I do? No one. So take it from fucking me when I tell you the guy did not deserve to win the Cy Young Award this year. So shut the fuck up. I'm leading the Garrett Cole SMD tour 2022, okay? Garrett Cole's going to go out there and fucking destroyed the American League this year. Okay. I have that much faith in this guy that he's gonna be healthy. They're gonna he's not gonna need fucking spider tack because they're gonna come up with some bullshit. And he's gonna and he's he feels he, one thing I can say about Garrett Cole is he's a cuck. Okay. Number one. He's a cuck. And number two, the guy takes great fucking pride in his in his work. And he's fucking embarrassed. He's embarrassed that he's the he was the face of Spider Attack. He's embarrassed that he shit the bed the last month of the year. He's embarrassed that he got six outs in the fucking wild card game. And he's gonna want to go out there and fucking prove to people and get on the mound and say, suck my dick. I'm Garrett Cole. It's going to be the Garrett Cole SMD tour 2022. Would you? Okay. But he did not deserve to win the fucking Cy Young Award in 2021. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree. More. I'm shocked he even got one first place vote, to be honest. Because you want to know why he got the one first place vote? The writer who voted for him actually explained why he voted for him. Why is that? Because his analytics were better. Oh, All the no. shit that the people on Yankee Twitter are screaming about that why he should have won is the same reason why this guy, I think he was based out of Detroit, voted for him. So you did not watch Garrett Cole pitch this year. Yeah, no. I don't care what his K rate was. I don't care how many mornings he pitched or whatever the fuck is FIP is FUCK. I don't care what it what it was. Okay, he he did not deserve to win the Cy Young Award, and maybe Robbie Ray didn't either. Who the fuck knows? I don't really care. But you should not be up in arms over oh Garrett Cole got robbed. Yankee bias. He didn't deserve to win. It's so funny, like the players that that should have the fan base fighting for in certain things they go against. And and in situations where they clearly didn't deserve to have anyone defending them, the fan base seems to show up. 
Dude, and I'm telling you, I'm going to, I'm fucking 100% behind the guy next year. Of course. We're going to have the Garrett Cole SMD 2022 shirts out soon. Okay. I love it. So pick them up. Pick okay. Them up. Be- and remember when people are saying, oh, it's going to be a fuck you season for, no, I said that. That's came here on the NYYSD podcast. So fuck all yous. Yeah. Right? This show is doing just fucking fine. Okay. Thanks for listening, but fuck you. Don't worry about how this show is doing, Kyle. You jerk off. Yeah, you this show is doing scumbag. just fucking fine. All right. And it's going to be doing a lot fucking better in January. Okay. Hell yeah. And the news is coming soon. Uh, it may come as soon as uh, December 11th. We have a meeting that uh, on, uh, with, the, with the network. So uh, maybe we'll have an announcement then. But we'll be back in uh, a couple of weeks here. Like we said, we go every other week in the off season. So that would put us at uh, the weekend of December 4th, the 5th, whatever you want to say there. Uh, you know, I'll make a, I'll make a promise to anybody. So we'll do the next full show. will be on the weekend, of December 5th, right? If there's any big Yankee breaking news that needs to be discussed before then, I will do it on Patreon because we owe it to the patrons uh, that are supporting the show uh, that way. So we'll, if, Matt Olson gets traded on Tuesday to the Yankees. There will be a reaction to it on Patreon, but we'll be back the weekend of December 5th. Uh, if you're listening in America, happy Thanksgiving this week. Uh, you know, enjoy a little, uh, little Turkey, little time, little time off, little break, uh, from the craziness of life. Just sit back and enjoy, have a good time. And, um, you know, if you're not listening to America, you know, just be thankful that you get a new episode of the NYYST podcast this week Mm. and enjoy your Thursday. So thank you very much for your continued support of the show. Uh, Please follow us on Twitter at NYY sports talk. Um, And like we said, black Friday's coming up. So, you know, lots of shopping to do lots of Christmas presents to buy. So go to NYY sports talk.com slash shop, grab some merch there and uh, become a patron of the show. If you're not already, uh, uh, patreon.com slash NYYST. Chris, do you have any closing words? Go Yank. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for listening to episode 260. Chris, say goodbye. <laughs> uh.